0: Seventh Horcrux, by Emerald Ashes, read by Sam Gabriel, based on the works of J.K. Rowling. Chapter Four. Harry Potter vs. Remus Lupin. I was concerned about my Horcruxes. If a Weasley was capable of stealing one of them, then they weren't nearly as safe as I had presumed. My first instinct was to gather up my poor soul pieces and never again let them out of my sight. Unfortunately, after many hours of deliberation, I decided that I couldn't risk hiding five dark artifacts under my bed, at least not with Dumbledore's keen eyes always upon me watching. Yet, after destroying Diary, I was left with only four Horcruxes, two less than I'd originally intended. For my own peace of mind, I would have to create a new one. Now I just needed to find someone I wanted to kill. That shouldn't be too hard. It used to happen all the time. I skimmed the prophet, whose title proclaimed the escape of Sirius Black. My right-hand man. Hmm, you think I'd remember something like that? I shrugged. I had certainly forgotten more important things over the past twelve years. Besides, the Blacks were a dark family, so of course he was one of mine. It was a pity to lose him. After all, not every minion could escape from Azkaban. That's the sort of talent that can conquer a nation. I almost regretted abandoning my previous activities, but not quite. "'Dementors!' I ranted. "'What could possibly convince Dumbledore to bring Dementors into the school?' Hermione said. "'It's just to keep us safe from serious Black, Harry.' "'Right, right, of course it is. They're protecting us from an emaciated, wandless convict who might want to kill some of us by hiring a hundred dark creatures that definitely want to eat all of our souls. However did I forget?' "'Dementors are terrifying. I might have cut up and scattered my soul, but I assure you I'm quite attached to it. I really needed to make that Horcrux—' Surely no one would miss a weasley or two. "'The Grim Trelawney cried, skeletal hands fluttering around her mouth. "'You're in grave danger, Mr. Potter, very grave danger!' "'I'm always in grave danger,' I said. "'It wasn't like I sought out these things precisely. "'It's more that getting what I want often involves dangerous situations, "'and I happen to be immortal.' "'You could die!' she insisted. One of the Gryffindor girls, probably Lavender, shrieked. I snorted. Not likely. I've heard you do this every year. Hermione snapped. Tell some poor student they're going to die and scare them, but they never do. Come to think of it, I mumbled. Why don't you ever predict the deaths that actually occur, like the Perks girl? Hermione sighed. Harry, Sally moved. Yes, that's what they told us, I said. Patting her reassuringly on the arm. Of course, most of those deaths are first or second years who naturally wouldn't have your class. I imagine you wouldn't even see them except in the great hall. Wait, is that why you never come to meals? I. Trelawney was taken aback at my insight. Yes, I'm afraid that's true. A prophecy once spoken can never be averted, you know. "'and it's such a terrible thing to see those poor, doomed children. "'Now, back to your teacups, everyone. "'I can sense your third eyes fluttering shut.' "'We don't have dark magic!' Ron yelped. "'I suppressed an exasperated sigh. "'Ron, all pure-blood families have dark magic. "'If you don't know about yours, it's because your family doesn't trust you.' "'Horror filled his weasely eyes. "'Why wouldn't they trust me?' You're the sixth son, Ron. That's easily three more sons than they need. They won't tell you a thing until you've proven yourself worthy. He leaned forward, desperate to learn more. How do I do that? I thought for a moment. Have you tried asking? That would show that you're smart enough to know about these things. Ron grinned, clapping me on the back. Thanks, man, you're the best. A howler chased Ron out of the great hall, spitting smoke and screeching. bit into a piece of bacon, contemplating the very public response. A brilliant ploy. The Weasley matriarch was cunning indeed. "'Coming her back inside now!' I whined. "'No!' Ron said. He had forced me to attend a Quidditch match, because I owed him for the Howler incident. The intricacies of maintaining a friendship never ceased to baffle me. I'd usually not bother with such things. However—' The boy's loyalty depended upon his delusion that he was my best mate, and it would take months to break in a new Weasley. I groaned. But it's pouring rain. So what? You're not even wet? Hermione asked. Why is that, anyway? I'm Harry Potter, I said. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, look, the game's starting. Hermione fell into a disgruntled but obedient silence while the player zipped about in the rain. Quidditch. Such a ridiculous game. It's entirely reliant upon the skill of the seeker unless one team is ridiculously outmatched, in which case the seeker is superfluous. Furthermore, the Quidditch games' points are far too tied into the house cup, which irked me greatly during my first time as a student. Then I was answering questions, acing tests, charming professors, and earning loads of points, only for one clumsy seeker to roll our chances of winning. I do not lose Therefore, I convinced the Ravenclaw and Slytherin seekers to sit on the field for a week while their chasers racked up so many points that one of our houses would win, even if the teachers blatantly cheated in favor of the others. That was the first year I won the House Cup for Slytherin, and the reason that Hogwarts games are no longer allowed to last more than three days. Pleased at my victory over foolishness, I'd cheerfully gone back to ignoring the sport. This is boring, I said. Ron's face wrinkled with the effort of thinking. "'What do you mean? Didn't you see that dive by Spinnet? "'Yes, yes, I'm sure it was very nice. I didn't notice because it is pouring rain. It's also freezing out here,' Hermione asked. "'Didn't you cast a warming charm?' "'Of course I cast a warming charm. I did too,' she said slowly. "'So why is it so cold?' I peered through the thick rain and the mist of my icy breath until I finally spotted the croak of a Dementor. I could feel misery creeping into my already frustrated mind, turning the world even dimmer than it already was. Dementors both cause and feed off of unhappiness. Trying to dredge up happiness in their fog is insanely difficult, and bound to work only for a fleeting period. It's far easier to grow angry. How dare they make you sad? This way they'll focus on your depressed companions while leaving you alone— If you haven't escaped by the time everyone else has eaten you deserve death unfortunately blinding fury is not conducive to good decision making wow harry i can't believe you charged a dementor ron said at the same time hermione said i can't believe you would do something so stupid dementors have no natural predators so they have no idea how to react to aggression i said admittedly This hadn't occurred to me at the time, but it certainly explained the creature's terrified flight. It's a good thing Professor Lupin cast a Patronus before you got hurt, Hermione continued. I could have taken it. Only thirteen years old, and Hermione Granger was already planning her first genocide. While I admired her precocious cruelty, I hadn't even dreamed of such things until I was at least sixteen. I just had to ask, Hermione, why do you hate house elves so much? She poked her head out from under the couch where she'd been hiding a malformed mitten. "'I'm sorry? I'm not judging,' I hastily assured her. "'Just curious.' "'Harry, I don't hate house-elves,' she said. There was no particular reason for her to lie. It was nearly midnight, and the common room was empty of eavesdroppers. "'I'm not sure why else you'd be doing that,' I said, gesturing toward the hat she'd stuffed under a table-leg. Hermione stood up proudly and proclaimed, "'I'm trying to free them!' "'I blinked, attempting to make sense of her logic. "'You do realise that house elves die when you free them, right? "'Impressive actress that she was. "'Hermione flipped from cheerful to threatening tears in an instant. "'What? "'I mean, I sort of thought you knew,' I said. "'Free elves just lie down and die. "'They don't eat or sleep. "'I'd seen it happen once, and let me tell you, it was hilarious.' "'She sniffled. "'I um, uh, didn't know. "'I went to the library.' but there weren't many books talking about them. I suppose one book said not to free hells, but it was also full of t- t- torture techniques. It's all so awful. She frantically began picking up the knitwear she'd hidden around the room. I hummed thoughtfully. Really, I'm not sure why you thought leaving clothes around would help at all. They do our laundry. Hermione paused. I hadn't thought of that. She looked down at the clothing piled in her arms. I don't suppose you want a hat or something? I chuckled and placed an arm around my minion's shoulder. Hermione, not even the house elves want your hats. My classmates are so boring. Our latest defence teacher had acquired a boggart, a creature capable of showing one's greatest fear. But what did it show? The murder of their loved ones, the destruction of all they held dear, my own impressive self, either as Lord Voldemort or Harry Potter. No, of course not. That would be entertaining. Instead— "'I just suffer through ten straight minutes of acromantulas.' Lupin frowned as Ron's boggart skidded past on roller skates. "'Another spider?' "'One killed our last defence professor,' Hermione informed him. "'It also petrified several students,' I added. Lupin said, "'Acromantulas can't do that.' "'It was enchanted by Salazar Slytherin,' I said, as the boggart morphed into a slightly taller, longer fanged version of its previous form. "'Acromantulas really aren't that frightening.' wouldn't have even succeeded in slaying Lockhart if I hadn't hit him with a tripping jinx at a crucial moment. Therefore I decided to add a little interest to the proceedings by revealing my own boggart. Honestly, I wasn't certain what form the creature would take. I was sure I had reasonable concerns, such as having my soul consumed by a Dementor. Still, none of them would send me into a panic. Even death seemed less daunting after I had successfully conjured it. I stepped forward, shoving Lupin aside when he tried to block my path. The boggart leapt at me, its black legs turning blue and melding into robes, white fangs lengthened into a beard, and the creature's two remaining eyes twinkled. Dumbledore, I hissed, raising my wand. He chuckled a sickening sound. "'Dear boy, did you really think I wouldn't notice?' I froze. "'What?' "'You're just the same as the Dark Lord was at your age.' I shrank away, insisting, "'No, you're wrong. Ridiculous!' Lupin said when he noticed my panic. A dozen tiny bows appeared in Dumbledore's beard. A few of my more simple-minded classmates started giggling, but I wasn't so naive. He had worn his beard in a similar manner during my first raid of Diagon Alley. "'I would have to be a fool not to see it,' Dumbledore said. "'And I think we both know I'm not the fool I seem to be here. <laughs> "'Ridiculous!' I cried. His robes turned to a pink dress the frilly hem resting above his wrinkled, hairy knees. But no, that's exactly the sort of thing he would wear, hoping to catch his enemies off guard. He smiled with false benevolence. Don't we, Tom? Ridiculous! The bonnet fell, eyes dull and maggots crawling from his beard. I laughed hysterically. He's dead! I gasped. Oh, thank Merlin, he's finally dead. The bocket darted over to Hermione next, turning to a skeletal house-elf wearing nothing but a pair of poorly knitted mittens. I sat in front of Dumbledore's desk, eyeing the various knick-knacks surrounding me and wondering how many were secretly weapons. Though the headmaster seemed as serene as ever, I'm fairly certain his phoenix was glaring at me. "'Lemon drop, Harry?' Dumbledore asked. "'No, thank you, sir,' I said, unwilling to consume its still-unknown poison." "'Do you know why you're here?' My hand twitched towards my wand as I stifled the urge to flee. "'No, I have no idea.' "'Ah!' his eyes began twinkling menacingly. "'I was just speaking with Professor Lupin. "'I have an idea now,' I blurted out. "'He had finally put the pieces together.' I rambled on. "'It's the Boggart, isn't it? "'Well, let me tell you, I am not afraid of you. "'That would be incredibly ridiculous, "'since you are so obviously a kind, "'completely genuine protector of the light.' practically a grandfather to me.' "'Really? I had no idea you thought so well of me,' Dumbledore asked, leaning forward. I nodded and tried to look very thirteen, possibly younger. "'Oh, yes, I'm thinking that my greatest fear is really of terrifyingly powerful wizards in no where I sleep. You're more a metaphor for that.' "'I would think Voldemort would be a more fitting example,' Dumbledore said. "'Yes, well, I don't know what it looks like,' I said also I'm pretty sure he's dead. I only wish I were so certain, he sighed. What do you mean, sir? I squeaked. I was doomed. On the night Voldemort was vanquished, I'm afraid he didn't die. In fact, I believe he came to Hogwarts two years ago. Five steps to the door. Dumbledore was old, and his reflexes weren't the best. I could probably make it, so long as the phoenix didn't go after me. If I ducked around a corner long enough to put on the invisibility cloak, "'I would probably be all right,' he said. "'You seem nervous, Harry.' "'I, um, don't like being called into a teacher's office,' I said. "'If I started running now, I could probably catch him by surprise, "'unless that was what he expected me to do, curse him in his elaborate traps. "'I think I understand what your greatest fear is,' he said gravely. "'You believe that you are like Voldemort, don't you?' "'Ah!' Uh, I wasn't sure what facial expression would be appropriate for the occasion, but I was fairly certain that the terror currently overwhelming my features was not a good choice. The old wizard chuckled. Allow me to set your mind at ease. You are nothing like Lord Voldemort. I gaped. Eh? He was a cold, cruel child with no friends. In my defense, I was very devoted to my studies, and Dumbledore's exaggerating. Lots of people liked me except for him. Dumbledore continued, he would never have gone to protect the stone or set off into the Forbidden Forest to save his classmates from Slytherin's monster. Admittedly, I didn't do either of those things, but I certainly wasn't going to tell him that. Also, his twinkle intensified, I have it on good authority that he hated Quidditch. I forced a smile. Wow, we really are nothing alike. I love Quidditch. If only I wasn't bollocks on a broom, I'd have joined the team by now. I'm sure you would have, he chuckled. Are you certain you don't want a lemon drop? Very. I, um, should probably be getting back to my friends now. Goodbye, headmaster. I left as quickly as I could without making it obvious that I was fleeing. Either I had miraculously escaped Dumbledore's suspicion, for now, or he was just toying with me, hinting that he would leave me alone so long as I remained an amiable, Quidditch-obsessed Gryffindor. I wondered if suffering under whatever dark magic Dumbledore possessed would be less painful. "'Harry, what are you still doing up here?' Hermione whispered, nose wrinkled at the heavy perfume and smoke that filled Trelawney's classroom. "'Trying to open my third eye. The first time around I dismissed divination as unnecessary. To my great distress—' That seemingly unimportant gap in my knowledge led to my downfall, short-lived as it was. Hermione rolled her eyes. Don't tell me you're buying into all this tripe. Trelawney is obviously a fraud. I smiled. Sometimes I forgot how little our group Encyclopedia really knew. Professor Trelawney, I corrected, mimicking her tone. Though I teased her about it, I was glad to see this rebellious streak. It proved that she was waking up and seeing authority figures for what they were idiots. Upon closer observation, I had cast aside my early assumption that Hermione was this generation's Bellatrix. Her obsession with rules, goody-two-shoes, personality, intelligence, and hidden cruelty were far more reminiscent of my younger self. Hermione pursed her lips. "'Billy Harry, she hardly counts as a professor. She doesn't teach anything, at least not anything useful. You don't really believe that you're going to die, do you?' "'Technically, I already had.' "'Of course not, Hermione,' I assured her, squinting into the mists of my crystal ball. Hermione huffed and stormed out. Her robes billowed behind her as she disappeared into the smoke of Trelawney's poorly ventilated room. She surely had the theatrics of a dark lord. "'Perhaps I should use Longbottom for my Horcrux. He had yet to swear an oath of unending loyalty, and Merlin forbid if the prophecy was correct and I'd picked the wrong child.' It wouldn't be hard to cover up. I could pretend it was a potions accident or something. Everyone would believe that. Except, no, as much as it pained me to admit it, Longbottom was as integral to Slytherin's house-cup victory as I was. Such a resource should not be wasted frivolously. Since I am substituting for Professor Lupin for the seventh time in as many months, I will preemptively inform you that our topic next month will once again be werewolves, Severus said dourly. Can't we do something else? Ron groaned. Ten points from Gryffindor for questioning a teacher. I raised my hand. I don't suppose we'll learn how to kill them? I feel I know a lot about werewolves, but I'm ill-equipped to destroy one. Severus smiled thinly. Yes, I do believe that will be the topic of our next lesson. Good question, Potter. Twenty points from Gryffindor. Ron flailed his arms around in confusion, threatening to knock over my inkwell but you just said it was a good question. Ten more for disrespect, Severus said, sweeping out of the room. I tried not to look too obviously pleased. Snipes a git, Ron said. I shook my head, sighing. Well, you can hardly blame him with his condition and all. Huh? He's obviously a werewolf, I said. Oh, Harry, that's ridiculous, Hermione huffed. I'd raised a hand to silence her objections. No need to cover for him. This is clearly a cry for help. You've got to be kidding me, Seamus Finnegan said. Snape's a werewolf? Of course he is. That's why he's been teaching about them every time he substitutes. It's all he knows. He does seem to know an awful lot about werewolves, Longbottom mumbled, looking a bit green. The class exploded into discussion and I made sure to drag Hermione into the hallway before she finally exclaimed, "'You don't seriously believe that Professor Snape is a werewolf?' "'No, Hermione, that would be ridiculous,' I said. "'Then why would you say something like that? People are absolutely awful about werewolves. Do you know what that kind of rumour could do to his reputation?' "'Yes, which is why I don't appreciate him trying to out-Lupin.' She looked startled. "'You know about that?' "'Snape's been teaching about werewolves for months, and Lupin's gone every full moon. I'm not an idiot,' I said. While I was growing concerned about my classmate's mental abilities, the truth is that I suspected Lupin long before his first-class absence. You see, several of my minions were werewolves back when I was Lord Voldemort. I know the signs well.' "'Oh,' Hermione murmured. "'And I'm honestly offended that Snape is so intent upon ruining his colleague's life "'Werewolves are perfectly reasonable people, so long as they're taking the proper potion. "'This rumour will provide a plausible explanation for Snape's actions "'and help to hide Lupin's secret.' "'She beamed. "'That's very noble, but mostly I thought it would be funny,' I finished. "'We are breaking so many rules right now,' Hermione fretted. "'Out after curfew, out of bounds, walking around in the Forbidden Forest.' "'Ron rolled his eyes. "'Don't be such a stick in the mud, Hermione.' "'This is a real problem, Ronald,' she cried. "'And that isn't even getting into the morality of this.' "'We're hunting unicorns,' I said. "'What could possibly be a moral about that?' "'Hunting,' she said grimly as we trunched through the forest. "'Well, it's not like we're killing them. Would you feel better if I said we were looking for unicorns?' She huffed. "'I don't know why we're doing this in the first place.' I heaved a heavy sigh. "'We've been over this.' "'Hagrid burns down half of the Forbidden Forest a couple of years ago with his evil dragon. That means we're twice as likely to find unicorns.' "'But why?' I abruptly stopped walking. Ron ophishly bumped into me, possibly because I was once again using my invisibility cloak as a regular cloak. I stared at my favourite minion. "'Are you telling me you don't want a unicorn? Dear Merlin Hermione, what kind of little girl are you? Do you even have a soul?' She seemed unsure of how to respond, descending into sullen silence. I grinned as we continued our walk through the forest. "'Now, let's go over the plan. Ron, you'll be bait.' "'I don't think I like being bait,' Ron said, glancing at the shadows in search of man-eating spiders. "'It's only a unicorn. Don't be a Hufflepuff,' I said. Attempting to lend some degree of comfort, I reached over to pat him on the shoulder. He shrieked. "'Ah, right. My arm was still invisible because of the cloak.' "'I'd take it off, but it was bound to wear down before graduation, "'so I hoped to get some use from it while I still could. "'Can't Hermione be bait?' Ron whined. "'No, unicorns only come to the pure of heart. "'She doesn't have a soul, remember?' "'Don't be ridiculous,' Hermione snapped. "'Really, why is having a unicorn so important anyway?' "'I sighed and reminded myself once again "'that my companions were still very young and naive. "'One day, Hermione—' You're going to wake up and realize that you're nothing but an angry old man lashing out at everyone who reminds you of how miserable you are, and you'll think to yourself, if only I had seen just one beautiful thing, if only I could have found proof that the world wasn't entirely horrible and corrupt, if only I had seen a unicorn. Okay, we can look for unicorns, Hermione mumbled. I beamed, slinging a still invisible arm around her shoulder. I knew you would see things my way. Now all you have to do is— Stop! A voice shouted from behind us. "'Don't go any farther!' I cursed as Professor Lupin jonged over to us. The werewolf had followed us into the forest. At this rate, we would never find a unicorn. "'I told you we shouldn't do this!' Hermione hissed. "'I will be fine.' I'd have disappeared under my cloak and continued the search, but I didn't trust Hermione to cover for me. Besides, I couldn't leave without my unicorn bait. Lupin said, "'I've finally found you. Now, where's Miss Weasley?' "'Ron's right over there,' I said, pointing him with an invisible arm. "'Hey, I'm not a girl!' Ron shouted at Lupin. "'Yeah!' I agreed. Lupin chuckled. "'I do know that, Mr. Weasley. I was talking about your younger sister. I assume she's hiding somewhere among the trees?' I snorted and said, "'Professor, we're trying to capture a unicorn. We can't afford to be slowed down by some second-year girl who probably still plays with dolls and puts flowers in her hair.' Things were progressing slowly enough with two third-years. "'She's been missing for a few hours now,' Lupin said thoughtfully. "'And she was last spotted leaving the castle. "'None of the portraits saw her come back in.' "'I shrugged. "'That didn't seem too odd for her, "'considering the whole Chamber of Secrets incident. "'She's probably performing some sort of dark ritual. "'It is the night of the full moon, after all.' Lupin suddenly became very pale. "'Oh, Merlin, it is.' "'Professor,' Hermione said slowly, "'you didn't forget to take your potion today.' Did you? I, Ron, yelped. You don't think Snape's out here? He probably is, I said. Right now he's prowling through the forest, mad with animalistic rage. Werewolves are well known for their thirst for virgin blood. Your sister is likely lost to us, Hermione said. First of all, werewolves don't drink blood. That's vampires. Second of all, that virgin thing is a myth. Third of all, the moon isn't even out as it's still cloudy. Finally, Hermione was interrupted when Lupin rasped. Run! He was hunched over, fur sprouting from the back of his hands. Loud cracking sounds echoed through the forest, and Hermione's eyes widened. Professor, are you okay? Forget about me. I didn't take of Spain. You're all in danger, he said. Though I could hardly hear the words amid his growls, his face appeared to be twisting into a snout. Ron said, You mean Lupin was the werewolf the whole time? Obviously, I said. "'Really? Snape spent several classes talking about them. you think you'd know the signs by now. But you said—' "'Ron, you really ought to know not to take me at my word. Don't you remember how I promised to feed scabbers when you were in the hospital wing last year?' In my defence, the rat did survive, and its recently declining health was almost certainly not my fault. There was a girlish shriek, probably Ron, then a loud growl. Ah, yes, the ravenous werewolf had forgotten. I grabbed Hermione's hand and started running. What? I might be an incredibly powerful wizard, but I'm no Lockhart. The werewolf pursued us, snapping at our cloaks and leaving deep gashes in the forest floor. I cursed. I couldn't find a unicorn. I was in the middle of the woods, and a professor was trying to eat me. Come to think of it, this was a lot like the first time I went through third year. Through some small fortune, the moon provided us enough light to navigate through the trees. Hermione still occasionally stumbled on a shadowed root, but my steadying hand kept her on her feet— I found myself wishing that the werewolf would trip over one as well and give us a head start to escape. I then realized that I was thinking like a Hufflepuff, and cast a tripping jinx. As usual, my quick thinking had saved our lives. We emerged from the forest shortly afterward, and hid in Hagrid's abandoned hut. I barricaded the door with one of his comically oversized chairs and a plank that was propped beside it for the purpose. Then I added several locking and strengthening spells, because I'm not a squib. Hermione collapsed against the wall, still breathing heavily from our dash. I wasn't doing too well myself. It's unfortunate how academic-mindedness may lead one to neglect their physical strength. "'Well, thankfully that's over,' I said. "'Yeah,' Hermione murmured. "'This actually went fairly well. We were only caught sneaking out because of the Weasley girl.' Hermione's eyes widened as she contemplated the girl's grisly demise. "'We a- managed to defeat a werewolf.' which is pretty impressive for three third years. Harry— Sure, we didn't find a unicorn, but that was clearly Ron's fault. I paused. Galloping gargoyles, we forgot Ron! Hermione, why didn't you inform me of this? I tried enough of your excuses, I said. You once again recklessly endangered our friend through your horrible apathy. I bowed my head. It was a pity. I'd liked Ron, or at least he'd liked me, something like that. My disappointment over his loss nearly equaled my disappointment over his failure to attract a unicorn. We can still save him,' Hermione said. She stood up, her eyes gleaming with Gryffindor determination. "No, Hermione, it's too late to go back for him now. He's already dead. And he wouldn't want us to tarnish his sacrifice by getting eaten by werewolves.' She bit her lip, seeming to argue with herself for a moment, before pulling something from beneath her cloak. I couldn't see in the dim light of the derelict hut, so I cast Lumos a small hourglass dangled at the end of a chain.' I gaped in a very weaselly fashion. Hermione, why do you have a time-turner? Are you a department of mystery spy? That would explain everything. Hermione was always unsettlingly mature and had never blended in with real children. She understood magic in a primarily academic sense, as if she'd learned it already. She was an adept liar, as I'd learned early on in our friendship. Finally, it couldn't be a coincidence that she'd ended up in the same year in-house as the famous Harry Potter, even though she was clearly a Ravenclaw. "'Hermione frowned. "'No, of course not. "'I got it from McGonagall "'so that I could take all the electives. "'Hold on, you're telling me that— "'you take two extra classes. "'The school will give you power over time. "'Why don't they advertise these things?' "'I grumbled. "'I wasn't supposed to tell anyone, "'and I think it was a sort of special allowance for me,' "'Hermione said. "'That makes it worse!' "'Hermione rolled her eyes, "'but knew better than to argue "'when I was obviously correct.' She walked over and gestured for me to take hold of the time-turner. With a well-practiced hand, she turned the hourglass twice, and we fell into the past. I landed on my back. It seemed that I would have to get used to magical travel all over again. As I waited for my head to stop spinning, I stared up at the ceiling of Hagrid's dilapidated hut. There was a hole in it already, I noted, which was odd, considering it had only been empty for a year. Perhaps the groundskeeper's home shared the castle's dramatic tendencies. The sky was tinted orange and pink with the setting sun, and warm sunlight fell across my face from a dingy window. "'Why is the sun setting?' I asked. Hermione bit her lip as she glanced down and said carefully, "'We went back in time. You do remember, don't you? You didn't hit—' the- "'I am aware that we travelled through time. I'm not an idiot,' I said. "'Just how far back did you take us?' Three hours,' Hermione said. I sat up abruptly. Why? We have to plan, of course. She sniffed haughtily, reaching out her hands to help me up. I attempted to stand on my own, fell, and repeated the process until I was shakily on my feet. What's the plan? We grab Ron and run away. Harry! We can't face down a werewolf without proper preparation, she chided as we made our way to the door. It was locked, so Hermione cast Alohomora. We left the door slightly open as we walked towards the forest. We don't have to, though. It'll be too busy trying to eat us. I—what? Past us, Hermione. Keep up, I sighed. Was no one my intellectual equal. But it will not be chasing us for more than a few minutes, Hermione said. Yes, that's why we run. We've already been over this. But stop distracting from the issue. You took us three hours back in time. Which means that I'm three hours older and three hours closer to death. You're killing me, Hermione, just as you killed Ron, I finished with a smirk. She smacked me on the arm, snapping, "'I did not kill Ron!' "'No, that won't happen for three hours,' I said. "'Also his killer is technically Lupin.' "'He's not going to die,' Hermione said. "'We're saving him. "'Can I come?' I whirled around in surprise as the Weasley girl stood behind us. "'I'm sorry?' Hermione squeaked, stuffing her time-turner under her robes. The Weasley's chin tilted defiantly. "'You travelled back in time to save Ron from Professor Lupin's werewolf form, and I want to help.' "'How did you know that?' I demanded. "'Are you using the jillimacy right now? Hermione, don't look at her eyes!' The redhead frowned, brow wrinkling in a very Weasley confusion. "'Ah, no, I just heard you talking. You do realise that your invisibility cloak doesn't shield sound, right?' "'No, it unfortunately does not,' I sighed, glancing down at my beloved cloak, or at least the space where I was pretty sure it was, since it was invisible at the moment. "'So can I come, then?' she asked brightly. "'We are short of Weasley. I said. "'I don't suppose you know your family's dark magic?' Her eyes shone fervently. "'No, but I think I'm getting close.' "'Good, you're doing better than Ron, then.' That made sense, considering she was their only daughter and the seventh child. Seven is a magical number. There's no point having seven children if you aren't going to empower the last of them. Hermione stood gaping at us. "'I'm in, then?' I hummed thoughtfully. "'How's your stunner?' "'I don't know that spell,' she admitted." "'Then you'll be a reasonable substitute for Ron,' I assured her. Hermione had successfully recovered from her earlier shock. Her voice was flat. "'Your parents actually told you they have dark magic?' The Weasley girl shrugged. "'Not exactly, though they did leave some pretty obvious hints. I don't think I would have caught on if a friend of mine hadn't told me about it.' "'Was that friend Harry?' Hermione asked, with a sceptical eyebrow buried beneath her enormous hair. "'It wasn't me,' I said. "'It wasn't him.' She agreed. Then who was it? The redhead blushed brightly, stuttering, It, it was an older boy. He graduated. Y- you wouldn't know him. See, Hermione, even the upperclassmen agree with me, I said. She sighed, rolling her eyes. The Weasley girl asked, So what do we do now? I suppose we can look for unicorns again. Well, that was a dismal failure, I grumbled as we walked through the forest towards the spot where Lupin attacked us. I told you we needed Ron. Sorry, Harry the youngest Weasley said. "'Consider yourself begrudgingly forgiven,' I said magnanimously. "'It wasn't all bad, though, was it?' she continued. "'I still can't believe that your first reaction to seeing a grim is to hex it.' "'Yes,' I said. "'That was pretty great. Oh, I hope we're not too late. That meadow was awfully far out, and it wasn't even bathed in moonlight, so I'm not certain what the point of—' it. Hermione gasped. "'That's us! Hide! We can't let them see us.' She crouched among the shrubbery while the Weasley and I stood and watched through the trees. In the hospital wing last year, one of the figures finished arrogantly, probably Hermione. I raised my wand and enchanted, Accio Weasley. The Weasley girl fell against me with a startled shriek, and Ron flew backwards, occasionally hitting a tree. He skidded to a halt a foot in front of me. In the distance, Hermione and I fled from Lupin. Ron stared at us stupidly. Harry? Obviously, I said. We were expecting a unicorn? He laughed weakly. I'll oh, for a second there. I thought you guys had just left me there. I said, Ron, well, we would never do that. You are our dearest friend, and frankly, I think worse of you for saying something so disloyal. Hermione flung her arms around him and began sniffing against his shoulder. I scowled. See, you've upset Hermione! He turned towards our substitute Weasley. Wait, how did you get here? She's been with us for three hours. Pay attention. I have. The youngest weasley agreed. Ron's face twisted in confusion. "'But—' "'Enough of this. We have to get out of here before the werewolf comes back.' I think we all felt a little better once we entered the castle, and our odds of being maimed fell to their usual, slightly less alarming level. Ron grinned. "'Clan, that's over.' "'Yes,' I said, though we never did find that unicorn. "'I said I was sorry about that,' the weasley girl muttered with a tone worryingly close to rebellion. "'Ron slung an arm around Hermione's shoulders. "'See, we didn't even get in trouble.' "'It was at that moment that Severus descended from the shadows beneath the staircase, "'eyes gleaming. "'He always was overdramatic. "'My, my, what have we here? "'Has the lost little lion decided to grace us with her presence? "'Oh, and of course you're in the thick of this, Potter.' "'He gestured towards me with a sweep of his black-robed arm. "'Hermione immediately came up with a cover story. "'You have to understand, Professor, we were just worried about Ginny—' "'So you decided to go after her yourselves, "'rather than let the professors handle the situation. Twenty points for typical Gryffindor foolishness.' "'In retrospect, it was a bad idea,' she said hurriedly. "'But we did find her before anyone else.' "'And then Lupin found us,' I said. "'Sir, I'm not sure if you were aware of this, "'but it turns out he was the werewolf all along. "'He tried to eat us.' Severus was clearly pleased. "'He said, "'Continue?' He forgot to take his wolf's because he is an idiot. Fortunately, I cast a tripping jinx and threw him off balance. Severus spoke approvingly, attacking his feet. It seems you are paying attention after all. For applying your class knowledge to a real-life situation, thirty points to Slytherin. Hey, you can't—I paused. Did you just say Slytherin? Severus quirked an eyebrow and drawled. I'm on to you, Potter. Dumbledore sighed heavily. "'I'm very disappointed in you, Harry.' He had once again summoned me to his office, but this time it seemed I was actually in trouble. I kept my eyes downcast so that he couldn't steal my thoughts. Come to think of it, I really needed to learn occlumency at some point, and I still hadn't made that horcrux. Seeing that I wasn't going to answer, Dumbledore continued, "'Why did you tell everyone about Professor Lupin's condition? Surely you realized how much trouble that would cause him.' "'I didn't tell everyone.' I muttered, and I told Snape, though I admittedly should have suspected he couldn't be trusted with sensitive information, considering he couldn't even keep his own lycanthropy secret. "'Professor Snape is not a werewolf,' he said with a grandfatherly smile. "'No, I'm quite certain he is,' I insisted. He told me so himself. I asked if he'd been attacked by a werewolf, and he said yes. Dumbledore coughed, no doubt trying to hide his shock at my brilliant deductions. "'That aside,' "'I have it on good authority that you announced Professor Lupin's secret to the Gryffindor common room.' "'That's not my fault. They're asking where I've been. What's I supposed to do, lie? Lie like a dirty Slytherin?' Dumbledore accepted the insult without comment, which I assure you he never would have done while I was still Tom Riddle. "'You still did not need to ruin a good man's reputation.' I stared at him incredulously. Usually I would have meekly agreed and hoped to escape Dumbledore's wrath for one more day—' "'However, he was acting even more insane than he usually pretended to be. "'Headmaster, he turns into a ravenous monster that attacks students. "'I had done many terrible things in my two lives, "'but I'd never accidentally murdered children.' "'Dumbledore shook his head wearily. "'You have to understand that he would never normally harm a student, "'so long as he takes his wolf-speak.' "'But he didn't take it,' I pointed out. "'How do you even forget something like that?' "'It was a very stressful night.' Miss Weasley had just gone missing, and with Sirius Black still on the loose. "'You can't just panic every time a student goes missing,' I cried. "'We would never get anything done if we did that. We still haven't found those two Hufflepuffs.' I personally suspected the Dementors. "'Be that as it may,' Dumbledore said. "'It was not your secret to tell. You could have spoken to me or Professor McGonagall.' "'Right, because the staff handles murderous professors so well,' I grumbled. That's why the Ministry stopped Hagrid's reign of terror, and I had to take down Quirrell. Admittedly, both of them were entirely innocent, but Dumbledore didn't know that. Perhaps I've been too lenient. Dumbledore suddenly looked very old. One of these days he was going to die, and I would finally be safe. So can I go now? I asked. I think some of the other Gryffindors are having a pick-up game of Quidditch on the grounds. He said, one last thing. Try not to stray too far from your aunt's house this summer. Sirius Black is still on the loose, after all. I nodded. Dumbledore waved me away with a strained smile. Enjoy your Quidditch. I burst into the Gryffindor common room and approached my best minions. Ron, I barked, I need you to organize a Quidditch game. Ron jumped up from the couch like a proper minion. He then ruined the effect by questioning me. I thought you hated Quidditch. This is a matter of vital importance. What could possibly be important about Quidditch? Hermione asked. Dumbledore, I said, voice flat. Ron scratched his head thoughtfully. I guess I can get Dean, Seamus, and Neville. Ginny's always up for a game. The twins would usually be too, but they're pretty focused on catching some Master Prankster right now. Hermione raised an eyebrow and asked, Master Prankster? Ron gestured towards the wall, where Fred and George were analysing a tapestry with a variety of spells. Yeah, apparently somebody tossed them into the wall last night. Percy got hit, too. "'I'm surprised no one did this earlier,' I sniffed disdainfully. "'They're completely insufferable.' "'Harry,' Hermione said, "'you do realise that was you, right?' "'What?' "'Last night when you waved your wand and said Accio Weasley.' She mimed the motion with her wand, and Ron fell into her with a startled squeak. Meanwhile the twins stumbled and looked around the room with narrowed eyes. Hermione hastily lowered her arm, mumbling, "'I probably shouldn't gesture with my wand.' Don't be a muggle, Hermione, I said. And Ron, assemble our Quidditch team. I've had enough of your procrastination. It was then that Lupin's fur exploded outwards, his skin bursting and bloody underneath. I had to shout to be heard above the excited chattering of my fellow students. The Great Hall was always cacophonous during the end of the year feast, and Gryffindors have painfully short attention spans. I said, Lupin got Ron, but we valiantly saved his life. Ron frowned. Mate, you've got to stop saying it like that. People are going to think I'm a werewolf. Ron, our classmates aren't idiots. The rumor will go away after a couple of moons. Now, what was I saying? Lupin was maiming Ron, one of my classmates said helpfully. Yes, thank you. I hit it with a stinging hex as a distraction. This gave Hermione and I time to grab Ron and run. The werewolf followed, of course, but a well-aimed curse knocked it off its feet. Where was Ginny? Longbottom asked. I looked across the table where the Weasley girl was gazing dreamily at me. "'Wait, is that your name?' "'Yes,' she said. I snorted. "'That's a house-elf name. It's short for Ginevra,' she reassured me. "'Oh, that makes more sense,' I said. "'Yes, well, it turns out that Ginevra had fallen asleep by the groundskeeper's haunted hut, and we found her on the way out. Without our help, she surely would have died.' Dumbledore's voice echoed through the hall. "'It's once again time to award the house cup.' This year's totals are Gryffindor, 200 points, Hufflepuff, 330 points, Ravenclaw, 413 points, and Slytherin, 500 points. Congratulations, Slytherin. Dumbledore gestured so that the banners changed to Slytherin green and silver. I clapped along with the rest of the Slytherins, earning unhappy looks from my Gryffindor housemates. The only thing that saved me from a tirade was my heavy frown. This victory was a bitter one. This is terrible, I declared. We lost a Hufflepuff. What is wrong with you people? It was not the first time in my life that two hundred people simultaneously glared at me, but it was the first occasion I can recall that was not preceded by murder. I stared out of the Hogwarts Express's window. While I had absolutely no intention of joining Ron in Ginevra's game of exploding snap, the loud banging made it impossible to read any of the tomes I had stolen from the library. That didn't keep Hermione from her latest book, of course, nothing ever does. Therefore, we were all surprised when, with a frustrated huff, she shut it and exclaimed, I just don't understand! Wait, there's something the great Hermione Granger doesn't understand, Ron said, clutching his chest in mock horror. Ginevra giggled. Impossible. I believe that's a sign of the apocalypse, I said gravely. Hermione shot us an annoyed look. Stop being ridiculous, I was just thinking about the, um um— With a nervous glance at Ron, she said, "'Do you know what that helped me get to class on time?' "'It's called a time-turner, Hermione,' I said. Hermione stood up angrily, once again trying to use her height advantage against me. "'I know what it's called. I just wasn't supposed to tell anyone else, and you promised to be discreet.' "'Hermione, I never promised that.' I was quite certain of it. I avoid promises on principle, notably the principle of not being held accountable for things. "'I still wasn't supposed to tell anyone,' Hermione mumbled. I dismissed the Weasley kneeling on the train-car floor with a flick of my wand. It's not like he has any idea what we're talking about. What's a time-spinner? Ron asked. See, completely clueless, I assured her. You he were saying— Hermione sat back down, there with more of a thud than was strictly necessary. It's just this whole business with Lupin. We had to use the time-turner to save Ron from Lupin, but Lupin only forgot his potion because he was looking for Ginny, but Ginny was only missing because we took her with us to save Ron. So— how did it all start?' I chuckled. "'Oh, Hermione, this is time travel. These things never start, they just happen.' "'That doesn't make any sense,' she said flatly. "'Sure it does. You just haven't spent enough time in the magical world yet,' I reassured her. "'Wait, you guys time traveled?" Ron yelped. "'Was that what happened?' It was really no surprise that Ginevra was making better progress in acquiring her family's dark magic. Ron simply had no cunning. "'Yes, Hermione time-travels to attend all her classes. "'Not any more,' Hermione quickly said. "'I've given up divination and muggle studies—they were useless, anyway—and returned the time-turner to Professor McGonagall.' My jaw dropped in a very Weasley fashion. "'You returned the time-turner? But, Hermione, we had the power to bend time to our will. We could have done so many things.' "'That's why I returned it,' Hermione said primly. "'Traitorous, selfish, and unrepentantly evil. "'Yes.' She was exactly like me at that age. End of chapter four. For the full text of this and other stories by the same author, visit thefanfiction.net and archive of our own pages of Emerald Ashes. First Pass Editing by Ohana. The music is Playground by Lucia Sounds. That's R-U-E-S-C-H-E Sounds.